Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Um, the summary of last week, kind of what we talked about was no matter where you're at on your journey, we can all have slip-ups, we can all fall, we can all have issues that cause us to breathe the Holy Spirit and create separation between us and the Holy Spirit and makes it to where it's harder for us to discern uh, the Holy Spirit. So we're going to continue on with that importance of the Holy Spirit with us moving forward. Hopefully uh, you did remember that you did step foot into a Pentecostal church, so the Holy Spirit will be talked about. Um, hopefully with vigor. Yeah? Yeah? All right, good. So John 14, I'm going to repeat the verse that we did last week. John 14, verse 26, also still out of the Amplified Bible was the version that I used just because I liked all the descriptions that was given for uh, the Holy Spirit. And in John 14, verse 26, it says, but the helper, and then he goes on to describe comforter, advocate, intercessor, Counselor, strengthener, and standby. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, and then also goes on to explain in my place or to represent me and act on my behalf, will teach you all things, and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. So, last week we talked about and we delved into the Holy Spirit as he relates to as a comforter, um, and as an advocate, and as an intercessor. This week I want to talk about the other half of that as a counselor and as a strengthener and as a standby. And it's also important, even though I didn't really plan to delve into it, that it also speaks to the fact that Jesus sent him to represent himself and to be there to stand on his behalf. So it's very important that we have the Holy Spirit living in us to be there and be that intermediary between us and the Father. So last week, uh, we talked about those three. We're going to start today with the Holy Spirit as a counselor. The Holy Spirit as a counselor, and a counselor is any person who gives advice, but properly one who is authorized by natural relationship or by birth, office, or profession to give advice to another in regard to his future conduct and measures. A lot of input there, but a lot of stuff that we can relate and turn into how the Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives us advice. Uh, the Holy Spirit is always looking to give you advice. The Holy Spirit is always tugging on your heart and trying to direct you where you should go and tell you, don't do this, do that. You know, those of us with small kids or those of you that have ever raised small kids, you know how many times for some of them, like the Caleb's in your family, like I have, uh, you may have to tell that kid no a whole bunch. You know, don't do that. Do this. Don't touch that. Don't go there. Don't hit your sibling with that. You know uh, that type of approach happens from time to time, and the Holy Spirit is constantly wanting to tell you, don't do this, do that, don't go there, go here, trying to give you advice. But the whole point is that only works if we will listen. The Holy Spirit constantly speaks, but if we aren't listening, and if we aren't in tune with the Holy Spirit, we will miss it. And we will go on our own path, we will go our own way, and the waymaker that we talk about and sung about doesn't have the ability to direct us. And to show us the correct path that he's calling us to take. So it's very important that we practice discernment. The ability to try to listen and be in tune with the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk a little bit about that uh, later as well. But a big problem is too many of us don't feel like we need to grow. Too many of us feel like, hey, you know what? I've, I've made it. You know, I come to church on Sundays. I maybe show up on Wednesdays. 
I'm getting a good amount of word in. I, you know, started listening to Christian radio, so I don't listen to that secular music anymore. And I feel like I've pretty much achieved. If I die right now, I'm going to go to heaven, and I'm good with that. I don't need to keep going. I don't need to see what God has to do next. I don't need to grow. I'm comfortable. I'm complacent. And honestly, that's a lot of us. If you were to think of where you were last week to where you are this week when we started this message, I would venture to say 99.99% of us haven't changed not one bit from last week to this week. I didn't, honestly. I was good. I don't feel like I've received any kind of divine crazy change that allowed me to you know, spark some kind of future movement. But maybe God had did something and has started something that will bring about change. But the importance is, am I listening? Am I willing to listen to the Holy Spirit and to make those steps to move? Because every day, you make decisions that shape your life. It doesn't matter how big or how small, you make decisions daily that will make lifetime impacts. And it's up to you to say, you know what, I need the Holy Spirit to help guide and direct those daily decisions. Because the Holy Spirit operates best like a daily GPS. So I don't know about you. I know where I'm going like 99% of the time when I'm driving. I, I know exactly where I'm going. I know how to get there. I know what I believe is probably the best route. But I still, just like whenever I go to work, you know, whenever I used to drive to work before COVID, thank you very much, um, before I worked at home, even though I knew where I was going, a lot of times I still turned on my GPS because my GPS would tell me where traffic was at where there's road hazards, or where there's issues that maybe are in the path that I would normally take that I need to avoid. Because maybe this morning there's a different path I need to take. Maybe there's a more efficient path, a path that's better for me with less obstacles that I'm going to be able to make it to where I need to go. The Holy Spirit operates like that, that even though you feel like, hey, I got this. I know it's Monday, I need to get online, I need to do this for work, or I need to help my kids do this, or I gotta do that, and I'm working till the weekend. The Holy Spirit says, slow down, listen to me, because there's a better way. There's a better way to get there. It's gonna be less heartache, less trouble. You know, you're gonna still encounter issues. Nobody says the walk is easy, but there's challenges that God maybe wants to set in front of you, and not challenges you have to walk into yourself. So the Holy Spirit operates best when we daily apply Him, when we say, guide me and direct me today. That starts with prayer. The definition says that the counselor is someone that is authorized. And I can tell you that there is no one more authorized to give you direction in your life than the Holy Spirit. There is not a single person, your mama, your daddy, whomever, nobody can give you better sound advice than God. If you don't apply that, if you don't allow him to try and direct and guide you, you will make mistakes. When you try to do this on your own, you will trip up and fail. It is guaranteed. We all stumble and fall. But you know what? If you believe in Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has plans for you, plans to prosper you, plans to not harm you, but to give you good and a hope and a future, then you should have no problem following the advice of the Holy Spirit. If you believe that the Holy Spirit wants nothing more than to help you, guide you, direct you, and take you to somewhere better than you could get on your own, then you should have no problem submitting to the Holy Spirit. 
So really, you have to check yourself. Because if you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you, you're not allowing Him to direct you, you have to question yourself. Do you think you know more? Do you think you know a better way to get to the end of this life than God does? You know, who's the pilot and who's the co-pilot in this scenario? Or is Jesus not even in the cockpit? He's just chilling in the back of the passenger. The Holy Spirit is also a strengthener. And a strengthener is that which increases strength, physical or moral. And you know what? Despite looking and allowing the, the Holy Spirit to try to drive directly and, and give you advice on a daily place and a daily measure, there are many times that you just feel weak from life. I feel weak from life plenty of times. That, you know what, stresses from work, stresses from family, stresses of what people expect from you, they can weigh you down. And you know what, there's only so many times somebody can tell you, oh, God only gives you what you can handle before you start to question whether God overestimates your abilities. You know what, God, hey, you said I can handle this. I think you got the wrong person. Because that's not me. I can't handle that. Sometimes we start to self-doubt because so many well-wishing believers tell us, you know what, you're doing it and you got it and God's only giving it to you because you can deal with it. And sometimes you have to lean back and you have to think, you know what, this isn't about me. And this isn't my battle, this isn't my struggle, this isn't my weakness to carry alone, but it's something that I need to give to God. In those moments when... <laughs> When you're on your second, third, or fourth wind, and you're like, I don't know how many times I can keep trying to run this race, how many stops I can take to get a refreshing drink, before you say, you know what, I need the strengthener to come in and help me get through. Because I cannot do this alone. I cannot run this race. I cannot fight this battle by myself. God, you have overestimated my abilities. But the great thing is, yes, you know, I think too many times we probably relate it to uh, mental strength, but I do believe that the Holy Spirit gives us physical strength to endure with healings and things like that as well when your body is physically weak, but he's also there to strengthen your, your mental state, to say, you know what, stop thinking those things. Stop going there in your mind. Stop revisiting those places. Stop self-doubting. Stop being depressed, stop stressing about these things. Let me strengthen you. Let me tell you what I see happening when you stress too much about what the future might hold or, or how things are going to turn out. God wants to come in and say, you know what? Just trust me. I've got this. Believe it. Believe that if you trust me and listen to my advice, I'm going to get you there. You know, I talked about the story uh, last week about my nephew, my sister, his mother's here this morning. You know what? She prayed about him. And you know what? I bet it's not the journey that she hoped, but I bet she's happy that he's there today. Amen? So you know what? The journey doesn't always fit what we believe it should look like. And sometimes we need a little bit of strength whenever it looks like the journey's taking the wrong turn. And God says, you know what, don't look at the direction you're going right now or what it looks like outside the window, but know where I'm taking you to. And trust me and believe it, that I'm going to get you there. 
And it's going to be great. And it's for your good. Let him strengthen you. Because too many of us are caught up in self-doubt and depression. And the lies that are told all around us of who we are and who we're supposed to be. That we don't allow the Holy Spirit to display the masterpiece that we really are. The workmanship that every single one of us in this room, we are. We are better than what the world says we are. We are better than what a lot of people, maybe even in this room, may say that you are. Don't listen to the enemy, but listen to the strengthening. The one that wants to give you hope. The Holy Spirit is also a standby. And that means one that stands near, one that is present. The Holy Spirit is there to support you. He's there to guide you. He's there to lift you up, fight for you, if you allow him to do so. If you allow him to move, he will be there. He will step foot right in the midst of the battle, and he will make a way. But it's up to you to allow him. It's up to you to say, you know what, this isn't my car to drive, this is yours. You get in the driver's seat. You know, there's a, a lesson I learned at a very uh, young age, that man will fail you. I don't, I don't know who you put your trust in today. I don't know who you look to for guidance and direction. I don't know who you look to as your spiritual head. But if it is a man or a woman, let's just be fair here, equal opportunity, they will fail you. At some point, it will happen. And if you have put too much weight into their actions and their abilities as a reflection of your own walk, you will fail. And you will fall. If you put your hope and trust in man, then you can expect to be disappointed. You know, whenever I was young, I looked to my dad as that person. I looked at him, you know, many of nights, if I woke up in the middle of the night and I came into the living room, I would see him reading his Bible. Maybe sometimes with a cigarette in his hand, most times. But, but that's okay. He was reading the Bible, and that's more than I can probably say for most of us in the room. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, but you know what? I looked up to him, and I said, this is what a Christian looks like. A man that plays the drums on the worship team that, you know, I don't know about you, but I went to some old school churches growing up where they would have what they called specials. Well, in between the worship and the word, somebody would get up and sing a separate song that you weren't meant to worship to. You were just meant to listen to, right? And just say, oh, man, that sounds so nice. Yes, amen. And a lot of times he was that person that would go up there and sing a, a special. So he was someone that I looked up to as a Christian mentor. Somebody said that this is what Christianity looks like. And you know what? He did fail. And it hurt. It broke. Whenever I was from middle school up until uh, really my early 20s, I would tell people I was an atheist. I would just go around and tell people I wouldn't believe in God anymore. Because you know what? What I saw as the, the staple of what Christianity looked like was a hypocrite. It was wrong. It didn't fit the mold of what it really, I thought, should look like. It didn't make sense. 
So I said, if this is God, I wouldn't want to be part of it. Now my mom, being the great woman that she is, made us go to church. It didn't matter what I thought. It didn't matter that I could go to school and tell a bunch of people, you know, I don't believe in this or give them a hard time for, for what they believe. And, you know, I, I felt like I just was there to antagonize Christians when I was in school. Like, it was just my mission to, if I knew you were a believer, I would go to you and say some wild stuff like, hey, you're a girl, you're not even supposed to talk in church. That's what the Bible says. Why are you even going there? Don't talk. You got to be quiet. You got to get under my feet, woman. No. But you know what? There was a point that I realized it's not about man. It's not about how I live my life. It's not about how you guys live your life. It's about how Jesus lived his life. And it is about following his example and living every day to emulate it and grow closer and closer to his likeness. And that comes through the Holy Spirit. If I don't allow the Holy Spirit to guide me and direct me and to help me to grow closer and closer to the image of Christ, I'm going to fail. And I'm going to be a disappointment to anybody that looks up to me. It's a battle that we have to be willing to fight. So you can expect failure if you put your trust in man. But if you put your trust in the Holy Spirit, you can expect him to always be present. To always be there for you. You just need to be able to discern that presence. You just need to be able to tap in and say, you know what? Things are looking bleak right now, Holy Spirit. Where are you? And it'll be like, I'm right here. Hello. It's live. Sorry. Uh, I've been right here the whole time. Just let me in. Tap me in. We're a tag team here. This is, you know, WWE. I'm tapping you in. Come fight this, this bad guy. I'm ready to get out of the ring. I'm done. See, you may feel like no one knows how you feel or that no one listens. But there is one that sticks closer to you than a brother. And he will not leave you nor forsake you. So even when you're all alone and you're thinking it can't get any worse. And nobody truly knows what I'm battling with. Nobody knows my scars. Nobody knows my issues. He does. Amen. He knows what you're dealing with. And he wants to guide you and direct you and get you out of that. Because he's present. He's there. Even when you grieve him. You know, as we did the skit last week. And even as you throw on sin that causes the separation where you can't, you can't hear the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that he left. He's still there. He just built up the wall. There's all of these things. These are the reasons why Jesus told us that it was better for him to come. You see, in John 16, 7, he says, But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. If it's better that Jesus left this earth so that the Holy Spirit could come and reside in our hearts, why would we not want that? What kind of reason can we have? Because Jesus was limited in the physical body. He could only reach so many people. He didn't have the internet. He didn't have YouTube where he could just post up a video and worldwide would go watch it unless you're in China. Sorry, China. 
Um, they bought that stuff. Sorry, any country they bought, but I'm sorry, China. I didn't say But he understood that it was better that we have the presence of God living inside of us to help guide us and direct us to be able to tap into than it is to have a physical person in front of us telling us where to go and what to do. So why do we care so much? Why does it matter? Because we cannot keep moving forward without the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You may think you're moving forward without Him, but you're not. You're moving backwards. And even if the, what the world says is you're moving forward, maybe you're getting, you know, a better house or a better car or, you know, better income or something's happening and you're receiving blessings and, or what you perceive to be blessings. If it's not done with the Holy Spirit, you're not moving forward, my man. Because as we said last week, moving forward is once we leave this earth and every knee bows and every tongue confesses, we hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. That is when you know you moved forward. Because if we don't hear that, then all we were were clanging bells, were just a noise in the void of just complete disappointment. And you will feel it for all of eternity. And you know what? We all recognize the Holy Spirit, meaning all the different denominations. But us as Pentecostals, it's your second reminder that you were in a Pentecostal church. So uh, this was your second morning. If you haven't left yet, this is your own fault. Um, so I need to get some water just in case I have to shout. Okay? Don't spray it on me. But us Pentecostals, we believe that it isn't just some person that's part of the Trinity. We believe that with the Holy Spirit comes power. We believe that there is more to it. And that that power is received through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it isn't just speaking in tongues. It isn't just, you know, what we're known for as Pentecostals. But it's every aspect of what the giftings of the Holy Spirit show that we receive. And why do we believe that? Why do we think that we're going to receive these great things? Because guess what? Jesus told us we would. In Acts 1, verses 4 through 8, this is before Jesus ascended. He was talking to the disciples and he said, On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. And this is the key verse, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Amen. The Holy Spirit is meant to give us power. Uh, but obviously, as you can see there, it's not for our own self-benefit. It's meant to give us power so we can go and impact the kingdom. So we can touch Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. 
So we also have to recognize when we say, I want the Holy Spirit, it isn't just about me. I don't want the Holy Spirit because I need direction or because I need help or because I need this, but it's because I recognize there's a hurting world around me and without the Holy Spirit guiding me and directing and helping me move, they're not going to get any better and I'm not going to get any better for it because whenever I bless, I become blessed. Amen. And as Pentecostals, we believe that the power that the Holy Spirit brings is it can be manifested in the form of one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We don't believe that the Holy Spirit was just for the apostles and just for the church of Acts. We believe that the Holy Spirit is for here and now. Amen. We believe that some of you, if not all of you, should be demonstrating some of these giftings. And a good Pentecostal church should be seeing it. In 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 through 10, the giftings are spelled out. And it says, to one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. And to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, man, that's a lot of gifts. The interpretation of tongues. Amen. So you know what? We can come into a Pentecostal church and we can say we know it's Pentecostal if we hear people speaking in tongues. But that's just one of many gifts that are spelled out here. We should have somebody that is able to speak a message of wisdom. That they are able to deliver an on-time word that speaks guidance and growth to the people. Because if it's not wisdom, we're not growing anywhere. If you tell me two plus two equals four, guess what? I already knew that. Tell me something I didn't know. I need a little bit of wisdom in my message. And to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. Meaning, I know what you're dealing with even though you didn't tell me. I need somebody that can read my mail in this church. Somebody that says, hey, Eric, I know that on July 14th at 7 p.m., you were doing this. And I'm like, what? I only told my diary. I don't have a diary. But if I did, I wouldn't tell you anything. Yeah. And it says another faith. So some of, somebody in here needs to have some supernatural faith. Amen. That despite what's happening, they don't fall victim to what the circumstances are because they believe despite whatever else is shown before them, they're going to get through. And that guess what? Even if it doesn't work out, that that faith says that, that was the intent of the Lord all along. Because you know what? We can get really caught up if we believe that faith only means that things work out for our benefit. If we just believe, you know what, faith just means that if I speak it into existence, it's going to happen 10 times out of 10. And for some reason it doesn't work out, then we can really crumble in our doctrine. So we have to have faith that believes that what God says and what God does, it's God's intent and God's will and God's will be done in our life. 
Somebody else gets gifts of healing. I need somebody in here to have some gifts of healing. I'd like to be able to go, hey, you know what? I've, I've been diagnosed with epilepsy since 2005. Eight? 2008. See, that was epilepsy not helping me remember when it was. <laughs> since 2008. It's perfectly fine. I take medication. I haven't had a seizure in like six years. But you know what? I'd like to be able to go to the doctor sometime and say, guess what? We did a new EEG and we can't see nothing in there. Yeah. Not meaning that I ain't got nothing in my head, but meaning that he says,
And you know what we've seen, I, I know I talked about last week, I've been here since 2005, I've only been here even longer. I have seen the worship in this place, like, whew, we've had people that run, we've had flag wavers, we've had the tambourine players, we've had, you know, every, we've had the interpretive dance, you know, we haven't had the person come up on stage and draw a picture while worship is going on, but I know Jewish and Ryan welcome it. So if any of you would like to draw a picture during worship, they would love to have you come. Uh, that's, that's not true. But, but we've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it all. And you know what? I, there was not a problem with any bit of it, except for the person who played the tambourine and threw the worship team off. Outside of that, it was all good. But if you're going to play a tambourine, at least be on time. Okay? That's the only requirement. If you bring a tambourine in here, you better not mess up the worship team. Everybody else and everything else is, as the kids would say, Gucci, but I'm going to say good. Yeah. Don't, don't ask me. Ask the teenagers. Uh, so, all of those things are fine. Because the Holy Spirit wants to manifest in your life. He wants to manifest in the giftings. He wants to move. He wants to be present. He wants people to walk into this place and see all of them. Amen. But he also wants to see us carrying it out of this place and showing it everywhere else. Right. Because if it's only for here, he ain't going to give it. But the important thing is obedience. Because if we're not obedient, he isn't going to do it. The worship team will come forward uh, this morning. Obedience is key. Because God will call you to do some silly things in your mind. Things that make you wonder, why? That makes no sense. And if you are not obedient to those nudges, to that discerning voice, then you can miss something. And contrary to popular belief where everybody just wants to say, God will give you second, third, fourth, fifth, infinity chances, at some point, God's going to say, enough of you, I'm going to the next ruling vessel. I've had that happen to me in this church right down there. Very early on into being here, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. I was relatively new to it. So you know what I like to think of it as like learning the regular alphabet. I really only knew like my vowels. I didn't know all of it yet. I didn't know my consonants yet when it came to speaking in tongues. So I, I couldn't really say a lot. Um, and the worship was great. We were in altar time and there was a bunch of people in the altar. And I just felt impressed to speak out in tongues. To just say it loud, to give a word. I didn't know what I was going to say. I didn't know what was coming out. But I felt impressed to do it. And I don't know about you, but you ever recognize there's, there's only certain people that do it in the church, right? We got a handful of people that I can sit here and, and call out, but I won't do it, that will give a word in tongues. And I wasn't one of those people. I was new to the game, right? So I'm sitting there thinking, why me? No, that's, that doesn't make sense. You wouldn't ask me to do it. That's for brother so-and-so or for sister so-and-so. That's not me. And I kept feeling nudged. I kept feeling nudged. And I said, I'm not going to do it. And it was at the moment that I fully said, you know what? I'm not doing this. 
I do not lie to you. The person standing directly to my left that also never speaks in tongues in front of the whole church started speaking in tongues in front of the whole church. And immediately I knew that was mine. I was supposed to do that. But I didn't obey. So he gave it to somebody else that would be obedient. And that person delivered a word. And it led to even more growing in the worship and in the altar. And then I sat there, or I didn't sat there, stood there defeated. Thinking, that was mine. I didn't do it. I didn't obey. And I felt God nudging me again. Get on your knees. Ask for forgiveness. Get on your knees. Ask for forgiveness. I'm not getting on my knees. God, these are some nice pants. These these aren't. The ones I was wearing then were nice. But, no, I, for some reason, I would not get on my knees. And once again, I lied to you not. I was standing there with my eyes looking down. I looked up. The first person I saw was Anna Rodriguez standing here on the stage worshiping. The second I saw her, she dropped to her knees. And I said, God, that was mine. Why didn't I do it? And you know what? It's, it's funny and it's, there could be a joke about it, but I have not felt the nudge to ever speak out in tongues like that ever again. And I can't help but think, if I would have been obedient that first time, if I would have just listened and done it, what could he have done for me? What else could he have brought out? And you know what? Even when I just denied and said, no, I'm not going to do it. If I would have at least felt remorse and repented and gotten on my knees, could I have been reconciled and gotten back to that place? And I'm not saying he won't do it again. I'm not saying he can't. He may, I hope he will, but I haven't felt the nudge, but I'll tell you what, I won't let it happen again. We have to be obedient because he wants us to move forward. He wants to use the gifts. He wants every single one of us to grow and to move and to further the kingdom, to get closer to the image of Christ, not for our benefit, but for the world's benefit. And guess what? You're going to get blessed with other too. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.